The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Tell you about who deserves a shot, the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW, and I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy. I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please, He's a great wrestler. Great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds. Who different. are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious How about, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis, psychosis. Whatever, whatever, he's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 192 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don Delorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonay. Hi, friend. Hey, friend, how are you? I'm real good. How are you? I'm good. So tell us about San Diego. Okay, San Diego is a beautiful, cold area of the, what you call it, of the West, of America. Mm-hmm. When you're there, you can find a whole bunch of white people. You can find a whole bunch of water. <clears throat> and actually, you can find some islands. So when I was there, I was there at a family reunion, but there was one day that I took off to go meet in person my good sis Jade, um, co-host of the Glow episodes of the WrestleCast. So we met at a tiki bar. And I tell you the secret to the tiki bar, you gotta go into the poke shop next door and then through the ice chest around a little I won't call it a tunnel, it ain't all that. It's just like a turn to the left. Around a curve, and then you're in the tiki bar. So it's like a secret passageway? It's a secret passageway. I walked I waited for a good five minutes and I was like, I don't know how to get into this place. And these white people were like, yeah, I don't understand. And then they made friends with other white people. And they were like, you got to go through the ice door. It's the only reason why I know. I was like, oh, we're special. We're fancy. (laughs) But yeah, so all kinds of drinks were had. Um, Our our friend Jade likes shots, not to tell her business. And so I am a good friend, friend of peer pressure. So she takes a shot. I take a shot. Well, I'm getting a shot of this. What you want? I want a shot of what you got. Ain't nobody got time to be taking special orders. So we had some mezcal for sure and some other clear liquids. Who knows what they were? Had a great time. I think I spent, yeah, I think I spent about seven, eight hours with her. Full work day. It was great. Oh, yes. So it sounds like a, a, a location was, was, was hashed out and all types of plans, huh? Mm-hmm. And I think even... I think in our drunkenness, we might have established a location for um, SummerSlam mm. in New York City. But now that I'm sober, I still want to do it. So, ladies, get your monies, get your flights. Let's make it happen. All right. Well, I'm glad that you and Jade could link up in person and the glow could spread all over San Diego. Glad you had a safe trip and you're back to join mm-hmm. us this week on the WrestleCast. Yep. We're joined, returning this week by our Rawcast correspondent, Mr. Samuel Kalunga. What's going on, Sam? What's up, everybody? How you been, man? Yeah. Nah, you don't have a story as good as DD's <laughs> to follow up with? 
yeah, no, there was no, there were no three sheets or five sheets or whatever, or however many sheets were involved there. That was a lot of sheets, <laughs> a lot of sheets, man. And we're joined this week again by our WrestleCast broadcast journalist, Mr. Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? What up? Spoiler alert. Raw sucked this week. <laughs> Pork rib still undefeated. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to announce that you were signed by the Lakers. No, 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 no. They passed on me. Oh, too bad. But we hope everybody had a safe and happy 4th of July. Hope you got to see some fireworks uh, close or nearby to uh, your your home or didn't have to drive too far. And everybody is safe and sound and ready for the second 4th of July weekend. So, Sam, you want to <laughs> break into some news for us, man? All right. So I have a few things here. Uh, Daniels and Kazarian have announced that they are all in. So here to just see them there as well. This will be a stack card. Oh, yeah. Now, is this also going to stream or no? What are they going to do? They got some type of broadcasting um, situation going on. They haven't announced it as of yet, but they do have some type of streaming broadcasting availability that will be happening. Cool. Let's see here. What else? Uh, Bray Wyatt oh, was yeah. in a... Hold on, hold on, I'm getting there. Oh, uh, yeah, Bray Wyatt has been cited for careless driving in his car accident. So, due to his failure to operate his vehicle in a careful and prudent manner, uh, the report noted that Wyatt was inattentive while driving, but didn't explain any further. Wyatt was traveling to the airport for this past weekend's house shows when the accident occurred and when he was transported to Tampa General Hospital by ambulance. So, there's that. I see here, uh, y'all's girl, Ruby Riot, suffered a sprained MCL. Let's see, what does it say? She'll be out. Let's see, they haven't really, they haven't put a timetable on her recovery time or how long she'll be out, so we'll see. Let's see, Ricky Steamboat underwent a hip replacement surgery, so he's recovering from that, and everything went well. So, yay. Let's see, Io Shirai has appeared at a WWE house show and confirms that she will be going to NXT. So, Don, you got something to look forward to there? Oh, NXT has been the best wrestling product WWE has produced for the last three months. It's only getting better. Mm-hmm. So, she just Man plans to spend at least $500 million over the first three years of XFL. So, uh, I don't know. Well, that's what happens when they're about to give you $2.35 billion, baby. You can spend a little bit more on your passion projects. You can splurge a little bit. Some people buy action figures. Some people buy Funko Pops. Uh, Mr. Graham, you know, creates uh, football leagues. And see, WWE Network has added some, uh, in case you haven't had enough July 4th festivities, WWE Network has added more unseen footage from the Yokozuna SummerSlam uh, Lex Luger thing that they had. Did they so show the, actually, the blisters on his feet? It's only because I remember when this happened. And I remember they did show a lot on Raw and stuff, but they didn't show... There was more that I, I wanted to see more, like from the whole... Uh, that tour that he went on with the tour bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lexus Express. Yeah, the yeah. Lexus Express. I wanted to yeah. see more of that. Oh, I don't. I know you. I know you and Conrad Thompson have like a you know a dicey relationship as far as your podcast listeners go. But if you listen to the Lex Luger 
something to wrestle with. They talk all about that, about how it got there, what it was, you know, the day of they had all these people passing out because it's like a hundred and something degrees on the ship. Uh, Yokozuna had like these bad blisters on his feet and all this stuff because the ring was so hot. Mm-hmm. Barefoot. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stories uh, if you listen to that podcast about that particular match and everything. Hmm. I'll see eventually. I'll eventually get around to it. All right, so sadly, Matt Cap- Capitelli passed away after a second battle with brain cancer. He was on Tough Enough Season 3, I think, the original Season 3. I don't know if there's been a Season 3 since then. But, uh, you know, apparently he... Uh, he was a good dude that was in OPW, and a lot of people were really, really... We're really, really good friends with him. Anything you'd like to add, Don? Oh, no, just the same thing. Like, um, everything that I've heard from everybody talking about him, he was just a really talented guy. Probably was going to be like a really good baby face, you know, maybe a career type baby face. He had that type of charisma and, uh, he just had some bad luck and some bad breaks. And, uh, you know, he'll definitely be missed by all his uh, friends and family, uh, that, you know, knew him in the wrestling business. So, you know, Thoughts up, prayers out to his family and friends. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I have on news. All right. So uh, you're back to uh, tell us about this episode of Monday Night Raw. It's all yours. So, Greg, how was your weekend? How, how are you doing? <laughs> it was more exciting than Raw. hi <laughs> Can you tell us some more about these Samoans? I mean, was it really that bad? What did I miss? Exactly. <laughs> It's uh, awful. So I guess we should start so I can get out of here and girl, go hurl myself off the roof. So Roman Reigns comes down to cut a boring 20-minute promo. He says he lost the revival because he had the worst tag team partner of all time, Bob. And from <laughs> here on out, I'm calling him Bob. That's his name now. He says he wants to fight Bob. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre come out. They talk smack, then beat Roman down. Seth Rollins comes out with a save. Roman and Seth are backstage. They run into Kurt, and they want a match against Drew and Dolph. After some hemming and hawing, Kurt agrees. Matt Hardy comes out. The B-team appear on the Titantron in their Matt and Bray parody. The fans start a Let's Go Hardy chant. Toward the end of the match, Matt sets up for the twist of fate, but Bo Dallas distracts Matt. Matt dives into the turnbuckle after... Oh, yeah, so uh, drink up for that distraction. Not a distraction finish, but just a distraction. Matt dives into the turnbuckle after Axe moves out of the way. Axe hits a move and pins Matt for the second time in a row. The B-team celebrate up the ramp. Did you see that weird uh, dance move that uh, Axe did? That was really disturbing. He did the, uh, I think it's called the backpack dance, or he was making an attempt to do the backpack dance. (laughs) You should never attempt that again. I thought it was fairly hilarious. It was funny looking, yeah, but just don't do that again. Hey, man, he doesn't win that often. He's excited. (laughs) So in the locker room, Roman and Seth talk. Roman complains about not having a match at Extreme Rules. Bob comes in with a stupid baseball cap. He says Roman has a lot of nerve. He talks down to him a bit. Roman tells Bob to shut up and let him lay out the match. He says he's going to win the match, and all, all Bob has to do is flash that funny smile. You see, Bailey is sitting in the waiting room for her anger management appointment. Sasha comes in and is shocked. 
What are you doing here? And I have to put a stop to this right now because this is so bad. First, it takes forever to get this this feud started. At least a year and a half that they spent just in the weird will they, won't they, limbo kind of thing. And, it's, and then finally, when they pull the trigger, instead of taking shit serious, they give us a stupid comedy bullshit. And uh, so I am not even going to cover this shit. Although I do I appreciate that they brought Dr. Shelby back. So, Titus Worldwide versus the Authors of Pain. Uh, somewhat of a squash, I guess. Uh, last chapter on Apollo Crews. Uh, too bad, because Apollo's trying to grow his beard out to do the Xavier Woods to flourish and maybe get like a better <laughs> spot on the car, and it's just not working out for him. But Everybody's not able. One second, guys. Let me change headsets, because I'm having trouble hearing this one. Maybe here soon. Maybe he's got to ditch Titus. Maybe that'll be the day where he turns on Titus and then we can get some like Apollo Crews type like appreciation. Because he's too talented just to keep being a tag team jobber. He really needs to break out and and get a a program where he can really show what he can do. Because it's been like two years and he hadn't he, like no way Jose has had more of a spotlight than Apollo Cruz had. Oof, in the past that's two sad, years. but so true. Yeah, and and no way Jose doesn't have nearly the wrestling ability that Apollo Cruz has. But it goes to tell you that it's all about your character and your charisma. Apollo Cruz doesn't have nearly the charisma. No way Jose has. So six of one, right. half a dozen of the other one. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, Kevin Owens arrives at the arena. He parks his rental car near the door. The valet guy tries to take his keys, saying he cannot park there. Owens, after what happened to him last week, is reluctant and declines. <laughs> See, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Uh, during the match, Bob is watching the match on the screen like a normal human being. Uh, good match. Revival come out and beat up Rollins and Roman. Drew and Dolph joined in, not upset at all at the revival cost in the match. Dolph and Drew hit them with their zigzag Claymore fusion thing they got going on. And the revival picks up the pieces. Owens is in Kurt's office. He tells Kurt that he has something that he has to do something about Braun. He says if he sends Bailey and Sasha to therapy, he can send Braun to therapy as well. Uh, Kurt makes a match. Of course, Braun versus Kevin for tonight. Constable Corbin comes out, and I briefly I fell asleep for a second. He says Stephanie McMahon appointed him constable to make Kurt a better GM. He mentions in the match last week, he tagged Finn out of the match because he noticed he was exhausted. He then pulled him out of the ring to discuss strategy, and Finn attacks him. And of course, at least the two of them can count it out. He demands an apology from Finn Balor. Finn Balor comes out, Corbin extends the olive branch, and apologizes first for hitting him with a forearm because he sometimes doesn't realize his own strength. He doesn't realize he's bigger and tougher than Finn, so he apologizes for that. <laughs> uh, Finn says that he apologizes for his comments about his vest because it led to him getting fired from TGI Fridays. <laughs> I actually laughed at that. Uh, Finn says Corbin does deserve an apology, an apology from whomever gave him that haircut. Uh, Corbin loses it, calls him a little twerp, and still demands his apology. Finn calls him Stephanie McMahon's stooge, and Corbin cheap shots him. Finn hits back, and Corbin just leaves. 
Ember Moon versus Liv Morgan. Ember is awesome. Liv is okay. Liv took the eclipse like a damn champ. Uh, Roman Reigns versus... No, Roman Reigns and Bob versus The Revival. Roman won't tag Bob. Roman gets double-teamed by The Revival. They get disqualified for my favorite reason, Don. Kicking too much ass. Kicking too much ass. They hit the shutter machine on Roman. Bob just leaves. The crowd chants one more time for the shutter machine. Um, Have you ever heard the story that Chris Jericho told that him and Edge were wrestling CM Punk and somebody and like a, a house show and a tag team match. And it was like during the Olympics. And so Edge and Chris Jericho were watching like Canada play like hockey or something. Hmm. And so, you know, of course, CM Punk wants to go over the match and they're like, oh, whatever, man, we'll just call it in the ring. We'll see you out there. So they get out there and freaking CM Punk wrestled the whole match. He would never take Jericho in. And then he was pissed at them because they wouldn't want to go over the match. They were so unprofessional. So he just wrestled the whole match by himself. So oh, wow. Jer- Jericho said he just jumped off the apron, got some popcorn, sat in the chair, started, you know, messing around with the fans or whatever. That's what that kind of reminded me of. Uh, Roman Reigns is just like, no, I ain't going to tag in. I got it. Just, just stand on the side right there. I got you. Let's see. Kevin Owens tells Kirk that there's too much too much chaos happening in WWE, and for him to fix it, and he has to for him to fix it, he has to cancel his match against Braun. He offers to clean his office because he's a great organizer. And he offers to give him Shania Twain tickets, and he says he'll even babysit Jeff Jarrett's kids. Oh no! <laughs> no, he didn't say that. I said that. Oh, that would have been a good line though. Uh, Kurt says, nah, and Owens leaves in anger. No way Jose versus Mojo Raleigh. It looks like TV has ditched the Jose intro. Who's upset about this? I mean, they don't have Carissa Rivera leading the conga line anymore, so it's okay. All right, cool. So Mojo grabs the mic and says, Jose is wasting his opportunity in WWE by dancing. He refuses this rematch. Jose takes a swipe at him. Mojo takes him out. Mojo assaults the hamburger. He does the three-point stance like he's hacksaw Jim Duggan, and he tackles the hamburger. Jose makes a comeback, but Mojo takes him out again and leaves. Renee Young interviews Rhonda. She says she's excited for Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. She's so excited, in, so excited in fact, that she will buy the front row ticket just to watch the match. That was the extent of the interview. One question. Uh, Mickey James versus Nia Jax. Alexa tries to interfere, but Natalia, who is in Nia's corner, keeps Alexa at bay. Nia hits the Samoan drop on Mickey, and she picks up the W. Renee Young interviews Bob. Bob says that Roman was a fool because he told him to stay out of their match, and he did. He can't wait for the for their match at Extreme Rules. He says Roman has been able to thrive only because Bob has been gone for ten years. Kevin Owens versus Bronny the Strowman. Kevin Owens lets himself get counted out. He hightails it to his car, but he doesn't have his keys. He runs around outside, tries to hide in the TV truck, but ultimately decides that his best place is the porta potty. Braun comes out demanding Kevin Owens. The crowd chants porta potty. He's getting ready to head back in when he sniffs the air and deduces that Owens is in the porta potty. He disguises his voice and asks if anyone's inside. Owens answers. Braun grabs some tape that was conveniently laying around, and he tapes up the porta potty. He shouts, I told you I'd find you. He still sounds like Hulk Hogan to me when he talks. I told you I'd find you, brother. He pulls the porta potty back inside the arena. He pulls the porta potty all the way to the stage, 
He sets it up near the corner, and he runs and shoves it off the stage. While the crowd, child, the crowd chants, holy shit. The EMTs come to help out Kevin. The announcer announces that Braun Strowman officially won the match via countout. No, 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 no. Braun, 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 you don't have to do this, Braun. You don't need to do this, Braun. Don't. No. No. Oh, my God. No. What did you do, Braun? Well, that look on his face. Tells me Braun Strowman does not feel sorry for Kevin Owens. Oh, Braun Strowman feels anything. Oh no! Oh, gross! Easy, 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 Kevin. We're here to help. Kevin, do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? Where you right now, Kevin? you know your name? The winner of the match by countout, Braun Strowman! Oh my god, Kevin Owens could be seriously hurt. Uh, and that's the winner of the match. So we couldn't have been content with a countout. Well, he he had to, yeah, I know he won. I he could have stopped there. He didn't it, have to it, just. It was kind of the last thing on anybody's mind at this point. And that is your Monday Night Raw. Thoughts, thoughts. Uh, two parts of that was really good. Maybe three. The ending, the the first tag team match with Rollins and Reigns against Ziggler and um, I always call him McIntyre. I mean Galloway, but Drew McIntyre. And then uh, what was the other part? Oh, there only maybe been two things. Sorry, I was giving Ron too much credit. There's only two things good about this week. Right. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, this wasn't a good effort at all. If this is what we got to look forward to now that they got this billion-dollar rights fees, oh, boy. <laughs> he's he's uh, basically man is doing a Scrooge McDuck swimming in money. That's what he's doing. <laughs> what about the other people? Yeah, because that was a pretty weak effort from Raw, but we'll see what SmackDown had to offer as we turn it over to our SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. All right, guys. Well, first off, I am uh, I am out of here. Didi, good to have you back. Good to be back. And uh, I will see you all later. Peace. All right, Sam. Bye. Thanks for joining us. All right. All right um, now, I'm getting these messages about what happened from Smacky Downey from the powers that be as I was on a plane. Now, she was on the big oh, jet airliner. Well, I mean, if that's what you want to call the Southwest flight, sure. The big jet airliner. Yeah. The big chair airliner. But um, Kane and Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Team Hell No, join Renee Young in the ring. Daniel Bryan talks about how the beautiful thing about their relationship is sometimes they fight, sometimes they hug, and when they step in the ring, they always deliver. So kind of, sort of, but not quite like John and Nikki. Bryan said that together they are unstoppable. So again, not like John and Nikki. Kane talked about how they stood toe-to-toe against the Shield in a TLC match, graduated from anger management with honors. They've been through hell. And Kane said that Team Hell No is back and better than ever. He's asked by Renee why he came back, and Kane points out that Brian has a bit of a temper. So when the Bludgeon Brothers attacked Daniel two weeks ago, Kane knew he was needed. Kane says Daniel Bryan has a devil over his shoulder. Brian pointed out that the last time they were in the ring together, they were opponents. 
Kane says that's true, but they are friends now. Daniel Pryan points out that Kane tried to end his career. At what point are you going to let the shit go? Like, live <laughs> in the present, Daniel. Damn. My God. So then he also points out that Kane tombstone him on the floor again. Oh, shit. Oh, floor steps and announce table. My bad. And it wasn't even a match. But again, let that old shit go. If Sammy and Kevin could get past it, so can you. Kane said that if they want to defeat the Bludgeon Brothers, they have to focus on what unites them. Daniel Bryan said that Kane tried to abduct his wife. Again, oh shit. Kane says tried in parentheses. And then said he has always had Bryan's back. Bryan said, oh, this is like, a, it's like John and Nikki fighting. I can't. So then the Usos music hits for the interruption. They welcome Kane back, refer to Daniel Bryan as Sweet Beats. Jimmy asked the crowd if they were excited that Team Hell No was back, but then they said Team Hell No don't even deserve a title shot. They get welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. Jay complains about how Paige gave them a title shot because they hugged last week. Claims they meet, which they claimed means four championship opportunities. I like the logic. I see where they're going with it. Daniel Bryan told them that hugging does not mean four title matches. He tells them they should get in the ring right now and settle this. Kane's like, they'll consider it. Paige, a SmackDown GM, interrupts from the stage. She says it's up to her to do what's right. She says they will get their title match at Extreme Rules. Team Hell No. And they will also face the Usos tonight. However, because we love a caveat, if the Usos beat Team Hell No, you like that word caveat, don't you? Yes. yes it's a they, I, I know, I know. SAT words, yes. They will be added See, um, what's his name? Russell Gray. He need to know about that kind of word. They will be added to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match at Extreme Rules to make that match a triple threat. And then Daniel Bryan yells at Kane for thinking that Bryan was the weak link. It's like you are like 20 like, feet shorter than him. But then again, you're also like 30 years younger than him. So I guess I understand why you feel some type of way. But just let it go. Let it go like Elsa in the snow. Anyway, Jeff Hardy's here to do a promo talking about celebrating this nation's independence, and he carries the U.S. title with great pride. Hardy has red, white, and blue face paint. He says his challenge is now open. Mm. Asuka was shown backstage looking to the camera. She said men or women, it doesn't matter who she's fa- she faces because they will all feel the pain. Asuka says James Ellsworth, a.k.a. Young Chinless, is not ready for Asuka. The open challenge opponent for Jeff Hardy is the Miz. I came to play, not I came to slay, Donald. Well, I came so, to slay is so much better. You got to make your own remix sometimes. I mean, you can make it what you want it to be. I believe in self-actualization. So if that's what you feel in your heart, you got it. Thank you. You're welcome. Miz counters a twist of fate attempt with a roll up with his feet on the ropes because we cheat up in here. <laughs> but the referee stopped the count because Miz had his hand on the ropes. Miz argued with the referee and then Hardy hits a twist of fate. He goes up top and hits a swanton bomb, bomb for the pinfall win. Backstage, Ellsworth is in the locker room talking about how men are the superior specimen. Listen, that's cool if you believe that, but you can't. Those aren't your words when you don't even have a chin. Like when your slope from your mouth to your neck is like a straight line. You don't get to make those declarations. Those is not your lines. You got to leave that for like Finn Balor to say that. So you could be like, ah, how dare you? 
I get it. But like you gonna like you know, it's just levels to it. Everybody ain't able. So he brags about how great he is. He ends it saying he'll put Oscar in her place because Mela is money and Ellsworth is exquisite. I do like alliteration though. I really do. It does something for me. So there is a new day pancake eating contest. They eat about three pancakes and then it ends due to the music of sanity. The trio come out sabotaging the new day with an attack from behind. They knock Big E out of the ring first and then Wolf, Alexander Wolf, tosses Kingston over the top to the floor with a rough landing for Kingston on his knees. And then Eric Young whips Woods into a table leg. Killian Dane tosses Big E into the still steps and then he throws Big E excuse me, over the announce table into the chairs. Killian hits a running crossbody block onto Kingston to take him out. And then they, as a trio, set up the table in the ring for Xavier. Young goes up top and has a flying elbow drop onto Woods to the table. So basically kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, not a good look for our boys a New Day, man. They got to they gotta bounce back after that one. Yeah, got to get rough. Maybe no more pancakes, no more carbo loading. So, the match you've all been waiting for, my main event, James Ellsworth versus Oscar. <laughs> he starts the match with three push-ups. Three. And then Oscar shoves Ellsworth, leading to Ellsworth falling out of the ring. She locks up with Ellsworth, and so he bails to the floor again. Oscar works over Ellsworth with punches, kicks, and an airplane spin. He teases getting sick, and so she slaps him hard in the face with a spinning back fist that led to Ellsworth leaving the ring. Some more. He goes into the crowd. Oscar runs after him, and they went running in all the way into the crowd. The referee counts them both out. Post-match, Ellsworth went running back towards the ring with Oscar chasing after him. Carmella gets involved by shoving Oscar into the barricade, and then Carmella picks up Ellsworth, and they leave up the ramp. How was this? Was this interesting? Uh, Did it it do anything for either of them? It was funny watching Ellsworth do those push-ups and then she kicked him out the ring. That shit was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And then from then on, it was just, you know, the comedy of him running around. I wonder, did he have, like, chin cancer? Because, like, when you look at him, he looks like he had surgery on his chin, but it's clearly not to add anything there. Hmm. So it makes me wonder if, like... I don't know how it works, but like maybe he had to take some gross out of his chin and that's why he looks the way he does. You're going to have to do your your investigative reporting. I mean, but just look at his face. I know it's a struggle, but it's like wrinkled <laughs> and no chin there. So it seems like it almost looks like they took something out. I don't know. We'll see. I'm a really good conspiracy theorist. I can make this a thing. But anyway, on to the big red man. He's walking around backstage Daniel Bryan shows up with papers. He reads things about what Kane did to him in the past, like hitting him with a choke slam in 20s. Why does he have a list of grievances? <laughs> this is not festivist. Because he's like, look, man, I know these writers and Vince McMahon and everybody don't think this shit matters, but this shit matters, man. I can't just be walking around with this dude who done, the, done all this stuff to me and just be like, it's all good. Uh-uh, it don't work that way. He got information from six years back. <laughs> Kane says he's sorry. Daniel Bryan is like a brother to him. Daniel Bryan points out accurately that Kane set his brother, the Undertaker, on fire. <laughs> Kane fires him up, saying that when they are on the same page, nobody can stop them. They create a fire that no one can extinguish. Kane says they will be tag team champions. 
Kane asked Daniel Bryan if he's ready for the Usos, and Bryan did yes chance to show that Kane's pep talk worked. So, AJ does a promo with fans chanting AJ Styles and Rusev Day. He talks about how Rusev is bigger and stronger, but that's not new to him. He reminds us that this is the house that AJ Styles rents from Didi Janae, who built it. Thank you ever so much. AJ says that Rusev is a super athlete, but he is not phenomenal. Rusev interrupts with Aiden English by his side. He says that he didn't care how phenomenal AJ is because he's never faced this Rusev that has a title opportunity for the first time ever. Rusev said it's going to happen on his holiday, of course. Rusev got in the ring to say he'll take that title and move into the house that AJ rents that Didi Janae built. Aiden sang Rusev Day. <laughs> when Rusev asked what day they were, are moving in, it's the only day that matters, really. So, this sets up a match with AJ versus Aiden. Aiden, uh, AJ goes for the Styles Clash. Aiden avoids it, and Styles turns it into a calf crusher submission. Aiden taps out to give AJ the win. Post-match, Rusev pulls AJ out of the ring and sends him flying face-first into the ring post, and then Rusev hits the matchka kick. Uh, then Rusev sends AJ into the ring, and he applies the accolade. AJ passes out in the ring as Rusev st- stands over a fallen AJ Styles. Boom. Winning. Shot to the back of the neck. Look, Styles is a battle-hardened warrior right now. But Graves, will that be to the detriment of AJ Styles when he faces Rusev? Well, I like to compare it to Seth Rollins oh, and the streak that Rollins was on. Wait a minute. We could be seeing a Styles clash. And English able to counter oh, him. Oh, about the counter from Styles. Great transition from the champion. Into the calf crusher here on Aiden English. Is Aiden English going to tap out to the WWE champion? Yes, yes he, he does. does. Here is your winner by submission, the WWE champion, AJ. Oh, wait, oh, wait a, a minute. Rusev from behind was seated here at ringside and now takes advantage. No, 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 into the post. The softening up process didn't work great in English. So now Rusev's oh, gonna kick. Trying to do it himself. Yeah! It may not be the most honorable act right now, but I understand it. Rusev trying to get the upper hand, trying to break the champion before Extreme Rules. If he is able to lock in this, the accolade of Extreme Rules, we will have a new WWE champion. Rusev just made his statement of what he could do at Extreme Rules. I love it. The Double Iconics, a.k.a. Don's favorites, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, do a cell phone promo. Peyton says that Becky Lynch is a has-been that never wins when it matters most. I don't want to call her a has-been, but the last part of that sentence ain't incorrect. Peyton says that Becky is on a roll, but she will finish what Billy started. Kay says that Royce will beat Lynch. And Roy says she will hurt Lynch. Carmella and Ellsworth are shown backstage. Paige walks up to them, books Ellsworth in a rematch with Asuka next week with every SmackDown woman at ringside for a Lumber Joe match. Next, Peyton versus Becky. Royce puts Becky on her shoulders. Lynch rolls through and slaps on a disarmor for the tap out victory. Boo. Oh, man. My boo. A loser. Mm. <sighs> She was holding her own for a minute. Well, as long as you think so. <laughs> Nakamura does a cell phone promo asking why Jeff Hardy paints his face. Mm. I know why, but I'm not going to get into all that. Nakamura wondered if Hardy is a clown 
or if he's ashamed. So apparently this week he knows English. Nakamura said at Extreme Rules he will take his pride, his honor, and his United States Championship. I'm just glad that the little racist guard dog didn't give him too much. Oh, um, oh no, it's worse. He's going to be on crutches for like another like 10 days. It was really bad, apparently. What the hell did that dog do to him? Yeah, it was bad. Mm-hmm. I hope Nakamura kicked that dog in his fucking face, little racist ass dog. Oh, we would have heard about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, the whites would have rioted. He's just a puppy. He a racist bomb dog. Black people don't even, ethnic people don't even have bombs. That's some people making meth and shit that be having bombs and shit. Never mind. That's not. That's nothing to do with this. I digress. The Usos face Team Hell No. Again, if they win, they're going to be added to the tag team title match at Extreme Rules. The Usos each go to the top rope, but Kane got his hands up to choke slam them both. Daniel hits a running knee on Jimmy, and Kane has a choke slam on Jay. And Kane covered them for the win for his team. The Bludgeon Brothers make their entrance. Harper and Rowan just stand on stage. Or a stare down to end SmackDown for the week. Atmosphere. Big men. Yes. Uh, we'll get our our raw cast, broadcast journalist opinion here. Greg, what do you think about SmackDown in comparison to Raw, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no. uh, I mean, my opinion has a chain. SmackDown continues to be the, the better show. Even I, I think this was one of the the weaker weeks for SmackDown, but I mean, it's gonna be hard to go up against two hours anyway. We trying to shut out a three hour product week, week after week, but uh, so you got a, the better performers and the better storylines. All right, all right, yeah, I thought it was a fairly enjoyable episode of SmackDown myself. I really enjoyed the Ellsworth uh, little stuff, the Daniel Bryan you know, with his own list of grievances, like Didi said, that was pretty good trying to, you know, justify like, you know, I shouldn't really be teaming up with you because you're not really here for my best interest always. I really like that. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with New Day and uh, Sanity. Like Didi said, see if New Day kind of, you know, gets a little bit more serious like they had to when they faced the uh, Wyatt family uh, a year and a half or so ago. See if they, you know, they come out, you know, not playing no games. Uh, next week. So that'll be interesting. At this point, I just want to remind you that the Razzlecast is being brought to you by the CSPN. You can find this on our website at CSPN.us. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So we're going to talk about NXT as we start with Dakota Kai versus Santana Garrett. She's making her return back into NXT first time in a while. Uh, Dakota Kai lights up Santana Garrett with kicks. And then the running corner kick follows. The backstabbing destroyer finishes it. And Dakota Kai defeats Santana Garrett. Uh, That finisher was pretty cool. She kind of does like a Canadian destroyer. But instead of turning it over into a pile driver, she kind of shortens it off and it becomes like a backstabber. So that's pretty sick looking. So a good win for Dakota Kai. Next up, Heavy Machinery. They're working out as they have some steaks cooking out back. In the, uh, of the weight room and all of a sudden off camera Tucker Knight is attacked then the NXT women's champion Shayna Baszler she comes down she comes off fresh off of two title defenses over Nikki Cross and Tony Storm Shayna says that everyone asked how she deals with competition she says she puts them to sleep Shayna says she answered her doubters and that she's the most dominant force in this division 
And she begins to run down Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, and Kari Sane. She says they have no chance. The winner will always be Shayna Baszler. Shayna says they are even having a second Mae Young Classic just to find a challenger for her. She doesn't care who it is because she will put them to sleep. Then the commentary team discusses uh, Oni Lorcan's injury. Danny Burch is here and he says that uh, the takeover was uh, years of hard work, but they came up short. Lorcan has surgery and he will be out for about three months. The Undisputed Era arrives and makes fun of him and says next week they get a rematch for their tag team titles. Danny Burch then mocks them for losing the tag team titles and then he challenges Adam Cole to a title match next week. Adam Cole laughs and then he accepts. The Mighty, Thorne, and Miller versus Heavy Machinery. This turns out to be a two-on-one handicap match. So it's the uh, Otis Dozovich versus The Mighty. Otis climbs the ropes and misses the Vader Bomb as Miller saves Thorne. The Knee Strike and Northern Light finishes him. And The Mighty Defeat, Otis Dozovich. Bianca Belair, she sent a video in from her honeymoon, mocking the other women that think they deserve a title shot. She says she's undefeated and she'll enjoy her honeymoon and give the other women a chance to catch up. Kari Sane cuts a promo on Vanessa Bourne. Kari tells her to focus on fighting and challenges Vanessa to a match next week. And then Kari says she'll go on to win the NXT women's title. Then we have Johnny Gargano versus EC3. Johnny Gargano locks in the Gargano escape, but EC3 makes the ropes. Johnny applies the Gargano escape again, and EC gets EC3 gets to the ropes, but no break at first. When he does, Johnny nails a running knee strike. EC3 rolls to the apron, and then Johnny Gargano hits a draping DDT in the ropes like Chiampa did to him to win at TakeOver, and Johnny Gargano gets the win over EC3. Uh, so they're portraying that Johnny Gargano has like totally snapped in the middle of this match. He just kind of lost it and went into kind of like a trance. And I guess the new thing is, you know, the good guy, baby face, uh, you know, morals and don't go too far guy has left the building. And now Johnny Gargano is like in psycho rage. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out in the next coming weeks leading up to the next takeover Um, in three weeks, Aleister Black will be defending his NXT title against Tomasa Ciampa. Next week, we're going to have a rematch to NXT tag team titles between the undisputed era and mustache mountain. So some things to look forward to on NXT. Next up, we have Lucha underground. Uh, We see Phoenix losing the casket match last week and Katrina arriving afterwards and kissing him to steal his life force. Katrina transformed from her sultry outfit into a red dress, similar to the one she had on the throwback poster. Uh, she then meets with a grieving Melissa and says that Phoenix is never coming back and that Phoenix gave his life to the woman that truly loved him. She, uh, Katrina gives Melissa part of the medallion that kept her alive. Our first match is Jake Strong versus Big Bad Steve. Jake Strong hits the Vader bomb. Strong hits another clothesline and then gets the ankle lock and Big Bad Steve taps. Post-match, Strong power bombs Big Bad Steve on the floor. Antonio Cueto meets with King Cuerno. Antonio drinks beer and brings up Cuerno having the gauntlet. Cuerno says that it was stolen. He doesn't know where it is. Antonio says the gauntlet is dangerous and can make the person wearing it a god. Antonio says only the gods know if Cuerno is telling the truth. Uh, Antonio offers Cuerno a chance to win the Azdak medallion of his trap tonight against Chavo Guerrero. Brian Cage enters the office. 
noting that what he did the Pentagon last week and that makes and he wants to finish the job and he wants to be the Lucha Grand uh, Champion. Antonio says that attacking the champion doesn't promise him a title match and he offers him a chance to win a medallion against Mill Murtis next week. And Brian Cage is cool with this. So we get the Mundos, Taya and Johnny versus Daga and Cobra Moon. Daga causes confusion. So DD take a drink and Mundo super kicks Taya by accident. Cobra Moon tags in and the Mundos beg off, but Moon lays in these strikes. But PJ Black arrives. So take another drink and kicks Cobra in the head. Taya then hits a curb stop for the win. After the match, the Luchasaurus arrives and attacks Black, Taya, and Mundo. He super kicks, headbutts, cannonballs, and does a sliding, a standing moonsault and a choke slam on a Johnny Mundo as he stacks them all up <laughs> so that uh, um, Cobra Moon can monologue on how she will make them worship her. So Matanza versus Mr. Pectacular. Mr. Pectacular hits a drop kick and he does a pose. Montanza hits a German after no selling the dropkick and hits the Wrath of the Gods for the win. Post-match, Montanza raises his arms and lightning flashes and Mr. Pectacular has disappeared into a tasty snack for the gods. Oh, no. Yeah, grand opening, grand closing for Mr. Uh, Pectacular. Our main event, King Crano versus Chavo Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero grabs the ref and then he starts to hit two rolling suplexes to Eddie Chant. Chavo tries for the third, but King Crano counters into the field to kill, and King Crano gets the win. So, this was a kind of so-so episode of uh, Lucha Underground. It really wasn't that spectacular. It's kind of more moving along the Katrina stuff and Mil Murtis and Cage wrestling each other. So, that should be pretty fun. Um, the stuff with uh, the Cobra Moon, Didi, it would have creeped you out. So, you would probably be glad you missed it. Yeah, sounds like it's for the best. Yeah, y'all know you don't really get down with the reptile trap. Mm-mm. Yeah. They make me feel things and I don't like any of it. Yeah, and you probably would have been sad that Mr. Pectacular got poofed in the thin air, too. <laughs> so we'll see what uh, Lucha Underground has in store for us next week as they come back, um, you know, continuing the storyline. So before we get out of here, just remind everybody, please support our sponsors here at CSPN and the WrestleCast. Go to blueapron.com, sign up. You'll get $20 off your first offer. What it'll do is it'll allow you to have fresh food sent to your door each and every month. You can set it up to, you know, fish, chicken, vegetarian options only. It'll definitely help you if you're dieting. It'll cut out trips to the grocery store. And you can also help keep all the podcasts here free. So go on cspn.us, click on the menu tab, click on the uh, tab that says help keep a podcast free. Scroll down to Blue Apron. Sign up when you do. Some of that purchase will come back here to the CSPN to help keep the WrestleCast free each and every week. So Blue Apen through CSPN, do it today. Our final little bit of uh, news that we're going to do this week is New Japan is coming back to the U.S. this Saturday night, starting at 8 o'clock on Access TV, their G1 special from the Cal Palace in San Francisco. So we're going to run through the card really quick, give you guys just a quick preview, go over to Cast of Strong Style. Me and Anwar put out a show uh, last week where we get really in-depth about uh, not only this G1 special card, but also the G1 tournament that's starting on July 14th. So go over to Cast of Strong Style and check that out. But uh, the opening match for this G1 special in San Francisco, we're going to have Yoshihashi 
Ghetto, Rocky Romero, Show, and Yo versus basically the Bullet Club OGs, including Haku, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, Takahashi, and Chase Owens. So that should be pretty cool to see uh, King Haku wrestle with his sons. So that'll be actually really, really cool. A match that could uh, really steal the show. Uh, Ishii and Toriano Yano versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, they had a match a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, that was really good. So if they can kind of duplicate that, it should really be a bomb burner. We have the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kushida going up against Hangman Page and Marty Skrull. For the never open weight title, we have Hiroki Goto versus Jeff Cobb, Didi, a.k.a. Matanza Cueto. For the IWGP Tag Team titles, we're going to have the Young Bucks in a rematch versus Evil and Sonata. We're going to have Okada and Will Ospreay teaming up to go against Naito and Bushi. That should be a really fun match. For the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match, we're going to have Hiromu Takahashi, the ticking time bomb, versus his arch rival, Dragon Lee. Uh, I would suggest everybody watch that match. If you want to see two of the craziest light heavyweights in the world, junior heavyweights in the world, not care about their bodies or each other, this is the match for you. IWGP Junior US title match. We're going to have the champion, Jay White, versus Juice Robinson. So Juice Robinson, a.k.a. CJ Parker, of NXT fame is going to be wrestling for the IWGP US title. He's going to be the semi-main event. So definitely big ups to him coming back to the United States in a really big showcase spot. So he can say stick it to everybody who didn't think he was going to make it in WWE. And then in our main event for the IWGP heavyweight title, we have the champion Kenny Omega versus Cody. So not only is this going to be a match for the championship, it's also going to be a match to really figure out who is the leader of the Bullet Club. So um, this should be a really fun card. Um, like I said, that Dragon Lee Takahashi match could seriously steal the show because uh, those two guys don't like each other and they go hard against each other every single time. So tune in, tune in, tune in. It's going to be really good. Some of the best wrestling you'll see, especially if you've been a fan of just WWE and they've been in kind of a rut lately. Check out this New Japan show. It'll be something different, presented more in a sporting presentation. Not a lot of entertainment as far as backstage skits or anything like that. So just straight matches and straight wrestling. And I think you will definitely enjoy it. Um, if you do have New Japan World as a United States uh, based customer, it will be blacked out on Saturday and then it will be available on the service on Sunday. So if you don't have access TV, you're going to have to kind of use some other means to watch it live. But I'm pretty sure if you search hard enough, there'll be some type of way you can get it, uh, a, a live stream of it. But tune in. And as always, when you live tweet, use the hashtag cast of strong style. So, Ms. Didi Zone, I'm going to open it up to you at this point for your shout-outs and thank yous. Um, Shout-out to all of my family for a family reunion. Shout-out to Knott's Berry Farm, because that's where we went on Monday. That's why I didn't see Raw, because ah. we got... we. First of all, don't mind me while I complain, but who goes to amusement park at 2 in the afternoon? 
You're in San Diego. The weather's always morning. 72 degrees. Morning. Crowds. Morning. <laughs> but yeah, so we were there from like 2 to 8. And so um, it was me, my two nephews, and my mother. Proud of her. She did not use um, one of those, you know, the little carts that the old folks used. She didn't. She walked the whole thing. Got her little Fitbit steps. It was really nice. Um, shout out to Jade for picking the good um, tiki spot. Um, shout out to Tony, the bar manager who made our drinks. Shout out to Tim, the guy we met, because we are trying to find Jade friends. And I was like, clearly you just need to pick a bar and stay there, and you'll find all the friends. And I think that's going to be a good bar for her. So, and then shout out to um, the chairman, classic because he reminded me about um an indie show that's going to happen on friday so probably today whenever you're listening to this so if all goes to plan i will see my first indie show on friday oh sweet something else to talk to you about next week yeah all right g money you still with me still here all right man give me some shout outs and thank yous man uh shouts out to paydays which are Ain't that it? That's Big coming facts. up tomorrow. Um, facts. Shouts out to family. Uh, shouts out to the church that put the nativity scene behind bars. <laughs> I see y'all. I appreciate that. Big ups. These people need to know. Stop being hypocrites. You need to show these people some more love. And shouts out to you guys. Uh, you always do the the heavy lifting and. Uh, I come here, come in here and there, try to support you all when I can. And much love to the whole WrestleCast audience and family. All right. Well, Greg, as always, man, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Miss Didi Jonay, for joining me. Thank you, Sam, for the broadcast report. Thank you to everybody who wished me and my mom a happy birthday over this past weekend. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. It was uh, much appreciated. Uh, thank you to everybody who listened to the interview I did with my mom that I put out. I hope y'all really enjoyed it. Like I said, it was something I've been wanting to do for a while, so I'm glad she enjoyed uh, sitting down with me and doing it. Shout out to The Glow. Shout out to everybody who was in the broadcast and SmackDown Matters this week. Shout out to everybody here on the CSPN. Shout out to all the fans of the CSPN, as this is my first official week as the new chairman so trying to get some things in order so bear with us if there's been some few changes here and there to what you're normally used to we're still trying to iron out some kinks but thanks everybody for for their support of the CSPN past present and future so um hopefully you know like i said everything starts running a little bit smoother here in the next week or so as i get my feet up under me but thanks every thanks to everybody for being patient i couldn't have got to this position without y'all so i really appreciate it so on that note check out please check out the new japan this saturday night 8 p.m access tv hashtag cast of strong style to share your commentary with color and with that, for my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Ms. Didi Jonay, for my broadcast correspondent, Mr. Samuel Kalunga, for our WrestleCast broadcast journalist, Mr. Magnum Prime, I'm Don DeLorente. This has been episode 192 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. What's that look like to you? I'm no doctor. <laughs> Definitely not a doctor. That's a broken metacarpal. That's what that is. That's a broken metacarp. Okay, Jay, guess what? 
I got 206 bones, motherfucker. 206, I think. I might be wrong. Good thing I don't have Twitter, so nobody can let me know. Yeah, 206 bones, you broke one. I still got 205. I know what you're doing. I never said you weren't smart. You're smart, and you're a badass. You know that's how I win my matches. Punch motherfuckers in the jaw, and then I hit him with Paul Friction. Well, it doesn't look right. I'm gonna be hitting Paul Friction anytime soon. After a left hand, anyways. Guess what, dumbass? I've rolled up Kenny Omega. I've rolled up Big Mike Elgin. I can roll a motherfucker up just like I can hit him with the left hand of God and hit him with Paul Friction. You're smart, Jay, but your heart and your nuts. They're little small, shriveled up pieces of shit. I'm all heart and nuts. Heart in one broken hand, nuts in the other, motherfucker. San Francisco? Woo! San Francisco! I'm an American. That's an American belt. It's in America. On America's birthday. You ain't an American. Can you make it? No offense, you're not an American, too. You know who needs that belt? An American. Guess what? I'm next in line. I'm gonna be coming into San Francisco, red, white, blue, sparklers shooting out of my nipples, and launching bald eagles out of my ass. That's right. Jay, I can fuck with you just like you fuck with me. Alright? Yeah! Oh, Juicy's playing board and he wears rainbows and he hops around and acts like an asshole. Well, guess what? I like whooping motherfuckers' asses too. Alright? You want me to grab a chair? You want me to grab a chair and start swinging it around? Huh? I'll see you in San Francisco, and you know what? I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, Mata Ashta, motherfucker. Mata Asate, motherfucker. Mata Shiasate, motherfucker. I'm gonna see you all over Japan before we step foot in San Francisco. And when we do, I am gonna whoop your ass, and I will take that U.S. championship.